I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk skill versus gear. So, I guess what kind of comes to mind with that is, I I know there's this new TV show, MacGyver, whatever. I, I haven't watched it. I can't relate. I don't know. But there was MacGyver back in the day. And pretty much this guy just had a straight like Swiss army knife and that he always carried. But otherwise he was, uh, you know, it it basically came out of his brain and he was solving problems left and right. And, you know, there was a lot of debate on how accurate some of that might've been and, and whatever. But the idea was his knowledge of chemistry and just like kind of useless facts of the world um, I've seen a few other movies where people, you know, uh, like even Indiana Jones and, and different things, they just kind of know things about how the world works that end up making life a lot easier and able to get through and solve problems. Well, that's kind of the same idea. Um, it definitely is a balance a- as a prepper um, of, you know, how we prepare, how we train and how we get prepared for whatever may come. Um, There's definitely a lot of categories we look at when it comes to self-reliance and different areas where sometimes gear is a lot more important and sometimes, you know, knowledge is more important. But obviously, if you have enough knowledge, you can kind of get through anything. But, you know, so basically, how do you spend your time and your money and kind of go the right way because a lot of people do get burdened down where they're so heavy in ammo guns or you know so heavy in camping gear it's like they're sure that the apocalypse is going to be a camping trip i'm not sure how that works out that their house is going to disappear and and whatever but there's definitely you know situations where you're going to have to you know, maybe not be able to stay where you are. You know, that's happened in history before where people are kind of forced to move on. So anyway, we're going to sift through all that and kind of see where it ends up. And 
hopefully kind of give you a little more perspective and think about what, you know, how to plan your future, I guess. So with that, Kevin, uh, what are you thinking? Well, I was just watching some of the news about uh, Haiti. And this kind of, you know, comes to comes to bear on this topic uh, right now, because a lot of those people that, you know, they were hit with a massive earthquake about a week ago. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. caught that on the news with everything else going on. But, um, you know, everybody's houses are just completely destroyed. They have nothing left, you know. So anything that they were storing up, not not accessible anymore. A lot of these buildings just collapsed entirely. You know, a lot of their stuff is gone. They don't have a way to cook. They don't have a way to boil water. They don't have access to clean water. They don't have access to to food. These are all things that, you know, that they maybe had stored up. Maybe they had a pantry. Maybe they had, a you know, a good-sized kitchen. Maybe they had, a you know, even running water in their houses, and, and now they don't. So, um, so when it comes to, you know, skills versus gear, um, skill is, is always going to be, yeah, skill is, is always going to be something that you can carry around with you. Um, the right. knowledge of your environment and the knowledge of, uh, you know, of how to access things that, that you might not have access to, um, that things that you've stored up, you know, food, water, things like that. And it, it's, it's kind of a stark, uh, view of it when you, when you watch what's going on down there. You know, they're trying to bring down, trying to bring down water, trying to bring down food to get, get it down mm-hmm. to these, these people down there. But, you know, they're in a tough spot, man. They're in a real bad situation. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, if, you know, if you can help, you know, by sending uh, something down to them, that would be a great, great thing. But let's not forget Maybe that. Maybe the Clinton Foundation? Is that where we should donate? Well, let's not forget that, you know. 60 years ago, Papa Doc, the, uh, the head of Haiti, killed John F. Kennedy. Or he claimed he did with black magic. He used uh, black magic mm-hmm. hoodoo, mm-hmm. and he, uh, part, of the, uh, part of the ritual was burying uh, an entire live bull underground. Wow. Oh. So that was, that was it. Then, uh, then uh, JFK died a couple of weeks after that. So uh, let's, let's not forget that that they're not not the the best group of uh friends to the United States that's ever existed that doesn't mean they're not good people though. Hmm. That is true. That's that's a weird perspective is you're right though, you know, you never know what, you know, with what people see in the world and then how they act. You know, it, it definitely changes your outlook and your view and that kind of thing. I don't know. Not not to get off topic, but it, it is weird, you know, how your perspective and, you know, things that have happened to you and your environment and what you're shown really does affect how you look, you know, and it, it you can still be a good person and, you know, somebody with a family and somebody you love and care about and just have a very warped way of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it with our division of politics in America, right? You know, that's... Right people but anyway so back to burying bulls and and whatever you know gear is definitely perishable um Mm -hmm. you know somebody can show up and take it away you know uh nato troops come and knock on your door or or blue hat uh you know um 
UN guys, whatever, show up and, hey, give me all your guns and all your long-term food storage because you're hoarding. I like they always turn hoarding into, uh, you know, nobody should be hoarding. It's not fair to the rest of us. You bought that five years ago, you hoarder. And, you know, I I don't know. That's that's definitely something to consider. Sorry, go ahead. It is. I mean, it is something that that comes up a lot. I hear people talking about preppers, especially at the beginning of this pandemic. You know, I saw people, people were talking about preppers, people that have been storing food and storing masks for years and years. All of a sudden they're hoarders, you know, like, like you're taking everything. Everybody else had access to all this same shit for the past five years, but you know, you're all the fucking grasshoppers and we're the ants, but now you're the asshole. You want to take our shit. Well, settle down. Get your life together, and I'm going to help you out the best I can, but I'm not giving you all my fucking food. I'm not giving you all my my masks and all my toilet paper and all whatever it is that everybody were at, was after. You need to settle settle yeah. down, and I'll help you if I can, but that's your right. problem. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't think, like, masks and, and are such a big thing. I mean, I imagine preppers buying masks was not a huge part of the market. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure hospitals and whatever, but you do got to figure a lot of the water treatment and, you know, other prepper stuff is really developed because of the market created by the prepper community. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the more sustainable camping gear is definitely subsidized by the bunch of crazies that we are. You know, people expand all that stuff because we're out there buying it. So don't, you know, feel guilt or let people manipulate you into believing that, you know, you're part of the problem when now, again, if you're, you know, Oh, something's on the news. I'm running to the store and buying 20, you know, 20 big packages of toilet paper. Yeah. Well, maybe you are part of the problem, but if you're planning ahead when things are good and, and buying things when, when it's appropriate, then you're you're not part of the problem. You're actually part of the solution. Because like I said, they actually develop and make more cool products based, you know, to support survival because of the prepping community, you know, and it's actually, you know, a lot of the guys who are preppers are the same ones who are even developing a lot of the new gear because they see right. a need and a potential. Mm-hmm. So something to consider. Um, but anyway, not not to get lost in the weeds, but do realize that it is very perishable um, gear. You know, somebody can come and take it at any time. Mice can get in and eat through your toilet paper. Um, right. They can go in and eat all your, you know, grains and rice yeah, and, and what, whatever, or you, whatever. Yeah, and whatever whatever the emergency is, mm-hmm. like in Haiti, that might be the thing that damages your your gear, the stuff you've been storing up, you know, you could have had a, you know, a year's worth of food stored in your house, but if your house collapses, it, you're not going to be right. able to access it. And most of it's going to be damaged anyway, a you know, fire. Uh, a fire, a flood, anything like that, it can, can destroy your gear depending on how you store yep. it. And um, yep. it's really something to keep in mind that, that you might not have access to all the things that you think you have access to, at the beginning right. of an emergency. So I think one of the main things to start off with when it comes to uh, 
survival based on your own skill set is your attitude, the way you, the way you uh, perceive what's going on and how you decide to first take action and what you're going to do first really depends on your state of mind. And I think one of the biggest things that, that uh, the biggest uh, advantage that people have that they don't realize they have is you can decide your state of mind. You can decide right. the attitude you have. A lot of people think, you know, shitty things happen to you. So you're, you know, you're in a fucking shitty mood, but you can decide not to be an asshole. You know, um, like they say, if, if you run into an asshole first thing it's in the hard. morning, it's hard. It's hard. Run, well, it's this is for same. you, Chuck, honestly, what I'm about to say. But if you run into an asshole first thing in the, in the morning on your way to work, then you just ran into an asshole, whatever. But if you're running into assholes all day, maybe it's you that that's the asshole. You know, maybe you're the one that's the asshole. So am I, I, am I setting a bad tone for you every, every, <laughs> you know, Sunday morning when we record this podcast? You gotta be positive. Are you going out you know? the whole rest of the week? You're like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> I, I need to deal with Chuck, fucking crumpy ass mother. You know, that's how it is sometimes. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I just reading a, uh, a story on, on Facebook and it was in one of the, uh, you know, and, and who knows what's true? I don't know. And they're talking about some Harvard study in the 50s. And they, they actually did cite the study and whatever. So I, I guess I could have looked it up or whatever. But it, it's more the the uh, the thoughts in the story that I'm going for than necessarily trying to prove, you know, what did or didn't happen. But the bottom line, they took a rat and they put it in a jar of water and they wanted to see how long it would swim before uh, it died and the rat swims and they said after 15 minutes consistently all the rats would give up and drown and, and that'd be the end of it mm-hmm. but then they said they took the rat at like 14 minutes or you know whatever pulled it out dried it off got it you know whatever took care of it let it rest whatever put it back in a jar of water and left them there Second time, 60 hours. 60 hours it stayed. 60 hours it kept fighting. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back to what you were just saying, though. It's your attitude and your perspective really shapes the outcome. You know, it it helps sort out, you know, how things are going to be. And it's something to think about like that. You know, it it really matters that how you approach something and how you, you know, how you're mentally prepared. So just something to kind of keep in mind, you know, 15 minutes to 60 hours, what you're capable of when you're motivated versus, you know, how you feel things, you know, are. So just, you know, think about that before you, uh, you know, you're so quick to give up or, you know, but Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I got. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another another uh, common uh, prepper survivalist uh, topic, and uh, let's let's get into shelter building. Um, okay. Now I know that uh, putting a shelter together out in the woods, out you know, away from everybody else, you know, without a tent, without anything with you. 
good luck not getting not getting fucking wet when it rains. If you don't have a tarp right. or something to put on top of it, I don't care how good you are at shelter building, you're gonna have a hard time making it waterproof. And that is that's that a is fact, true. You know, and I've I've definitely spent plenty of nights outside without a shelter, without you know even a sleeping bag, things like that. That's yeah. that's fine, but um. To do that consistently, day after day, you're going to need access to a legitimate shelter, especially in inclement weather. You know, whether it's cold yeah. weather, whether it's hot, hot weather, uh, whether it's rain mm. or dry, eventually you're going to need some place to stay. You're going to need something to keep, to get out of the sun and get out of the rain. You're going to need something that's going to protect you from the weather. And um, I've seen some really, uh, really talented people doing a shelter building, but without the proper equipment, you're going to have a hard time making something that's really going to work out for you. Um, you know, I know, uh, uh, one of the main things when it comes to shelter is, is, uh, waterproofing and insulation. Now you can do some of that stuff just, you know, just from, from, uh, skill alone, you know, obviously people built log cabins for, for, hundreds of years in this country and yeah. uh, without, without, you know, waterproof tarps and, and that sort of stuff. They've, they, it's, it's possible. They found a way. It's not right. easy to do it though. Not easy, especially, right. uh, especially, you know, just working with your wits, you know, something like that, not having an ax, not having, uh, you know, people to help you. You're going to have a hard time doing that sort of thing. You know, unless you're living right. in a cave, you're going to have a hard time. Um, now when it comes to skill versus gear with that, uh, I'm sure I could find a hundred people that you could give them, uh, you know, tarps and axes and hatchets and, and saws and anything they, they could possibly need. And they still wouldn't be able to put a shelter together. So, I mean, that's definitely something that, that, you know, to keep in mind that you can't always just survive on scale alone. Um, uh, mm -hmm. but that's a ma major part of, of that sort of situation shelter when it comes to shelter building. Yeah. Um, you watch like, you know, we see Sigma three has that YouTube channel and they do a lot of awesome shelter building and, and have great yeah. ideas. I mean, they even do, you know, I've seen videos on pottery and, and all these other things. They do a great job. Uh, you know, like where they're making bowls or they make a, uh, like a, a skillet kind of thing and different stuff that, you know, you find a way to make it work, but you see the huge resources of effort and time, even when they have the knowledge to go in mm -hmm. and make something usable and effective, you know, obviously a little planning and preparing with stuff um, will really, uh, you know, make it pay off. So just something to think about, you know, I mean, it, it is all a, a trade-off. Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a, a trade off when it comes to most of these these topics that you know that we get into uh, the survival stuff, you know. And one thing I would say about skills versus gear is um, when you have gear, it's no good if you don't know how to use it. You know, um, if you if you take a fifteen year old that goes out hunting every day with his uh, his dad's. 22 goes out rabbit hunting every day and put him up against the guy with a machine gun that has no, no talent, no skill on how to use it. I mean, that's not going to be a hard, 
hard fight at all. Ask Audie Murphy, you know, he always, uh, he managed to pull that off and, and he spent his whole childhood out hunting rabbits with a 22. That's, you know, that's how he had the skills to do what he, uh, what he was able to do, you know, that and being a badass, you know, it's too kind of a two part thing. I think that mindset set was part B on that. Yeah. Yeah. His mindset. Um, one of the other uh, topics uh, we always get into is uh, water. You know, you got to have water. And, and people say three days without water, but be honest with you. Go one day without water and see what kind of shape you're in. Good fucking luck, dude. You're going to be that in real kind of trouble headache real and, and yeah. Yep. The headache that, that comes and fast. all of a sudden you can't function and it really shuts you down. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you might survive. You might be alive for three days, but twenty four right. hours without without any water, you're going to be in bad shape, and you're not going to be Your in any kind of condition. Your organs start shutting down. It's not a, yeah. a good way to be. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> skill can bring you a long way when it comes to water. Uh, being able to find water, being able to access clean water. Um, yeah, Chuck and I, we've both both talked about about where to get water. You know, we've done a whole uh, podcast about it. You know, running water is safer than standing water. But you know, any water you're finding out in the in the wilderness can be tainted with somebody might have died or peed in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, I know. Uh, you know, Giardia is is one of the major problems here in New yeah. York with just drinking water. Uh, the problem is that th- that disease was spread to beavers uh, by hu- uh, hikers and hunters pissing in the water. And then the beavers contracted it, and then they piss in the water, and, and you're downstream. You don't even know beavers are up there. You know, this is a whole uh, – beavers are not that uncommon in, in the area I live in. No. And that's one of the main reasons why you can't just drink water from a stream. Uh, you have to clean it first. And the best way to clean it? is uh boiling five minutes of boiling now you can disinfect water by doing it that way but you're not going to be able to purify water that way right so it doesn't uh, in other get words, toxins out right 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 there's gonna there can be things like lead and and you know whatever whatever it is uh can still be in that water you're not going to get necessarily sick right away like you would from a bacteria or a viral uh infection but um, long term, you want to be able to have access to clean, purified water, which is uh, right. it can be a little bit tricky to do. You know, um, it can be very tricky. Filtering, yeah, filtering water is is uh, is a is a tricky thing to do if you don't have access to to some of the some of the gear that we are talking about. Um, you know, there's charcoal filtering. Uh, there's plenty of filters on the market for you know just for that type of thing. Um, for out hiking and hunting uh, where you can take dirty water and filter it and it'll be clean enough to drink your, you know, drink on your own. And I really recommend getting one of those, uh, one of those filter setups for your bug out bag. It's it's worth its weight in gold. And uh, um, you know, they have disinfection tablets, chlorine tablets, uh, iodine tablets, things like that. Those are great too. Uh, take up almost no space, cost almost nothing. Um, right. But long term, you're going to want to have something that filters your water. And, right. uh, you know, if you're out for a couple of days and, and you've got a campfire and, and a pot and you can boil water, great. That's that'll take care of, of most of your needs right there. 
Um, but you know, when it gets, gets down to it, the, the next thing I want to talk about when it comes to skill versus gear is fire building. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, do you remember, uh, do you remember as a youngster learning how to start a fire without, without matches or, or a lighter? I was a boy scout. Um, so I did develop certain skills. Yes, I, I definitely, uh, it's not an easy feat, and I think that's where you're going. You know, people are like, oh, well, it, it's not too hard with flint and steel. Right, but then so you're bringing gear is what we're getting at, you know. Why not just grab mm-hmm. a lighter? And But, you right. know, now, again. Yeah, my, steel, my bug out bag, every, yeah, every few weeks I uh, I buy a lighter and, and throw it in my bug out bag. If I take it apart now, there's probably a thousand lighters laying in there. Thousand probably empty half Every pocket half. has two. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, they're so cheap and they're so easy to carry. You can stick it in your pocket and you can start a, you know, a hundred different fires with that one lighter. It's, right. uh, it's definitely something. And once to you have a fire going, right. Keeping it going, you know, once you have some established coals kind of thing, you know, starting it up the next day, not such a big deal. You know, that's definitely something you can do. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But again, you get the torrential rate downpour or whatever. It's time to start over, you know, unless you have that mm-hmm. like eternal flame that you keep, you know, keep in your pocket or whatever right. that you can, you know, mm-hmm. move from area to area. Yeah. And, and if you're trying, you know, trying to use a bow drill or, um, you know, any of the other, the other uh, fire starting methods without any sort of serious tools. Um, and you're in a damp environment, you're in a wet environment, or like you said, just had a torrential rain. Good luck, man. You're going to be yeah. working on that for hours, hours and hours. Hours. Um, yeah. If, if you don't have dry wood to start your fire with, you're going to have a real hard time getting it going. Um <sighs> And so, you know, with this one, when it comes to, when it comes to fire, I'd say, I'd say that gear beats, beats skill on this one every, every time. Yeah. I I think gear does or when on fire starting and, and water purification. I mean, even if your gear is a pot, you know, that right right Mm -hmm. there is, is something that's going to be a big changer. Um, Yeah. We talked about uh, that show alone and, you know, as important as building a shelter for you, building a shelter for your firewood is right there with it in a rainy climate or environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, if it rains every once every 30 days and it's warm out, maybe it's not, you know, as crucial as my first, you know, build is a shelter for my firewood. But anywhere mm-hmm. these, you know, especially Northeast and even where I am in the, the Southeast, um, we get rain that just is devastating, you know, to and keeping anything dry. You know, I can't cut my lawn half the time because it's so wet out there. And that's, you know, all that stuff just gets saturated. So yeah, fire building, I'm going to have to chalk that one up to uh gear wins out. Yeah. Now I remember uh, years ago it was uh, camping the Sierra Nevadas and uh, mm-hmm. I went out there with, with nothing, you know, uh, it was, uh, water, uh, I brought and, uh, a lighter, you know, and, uh, I tell you what, that's where, you know, that's one of the areas that have all those major, uh, uh, forest fires. 
And I swear you could, you could just hold the lighter up underneath the log and it would start. It was so dry out there. You know, it's a completely different climate. And, uh, you know, if you've got a bow drill set up, you'd probably be all right out there where everything's been dry for the past, you know, uh, you know, six months and, and, uh, it's been 90 degrees every day. You're not going to have a problem, but most environments, that's not going to be the case. And the truth is, uh, you know, in the desert, yeah, it gets cold at night. Um, but you're not going to need a fire as much as you might, uh, you know, if you're in the Northeast during the fall or the spring or, you know, the winter, you're definitely going to need something going and finding something that's dry up there underneath a a foot of snow. Uh, you're going to have a hard time. Right. Um, but also, I mean, think environments, you trade off one problem for another, you know, we have abundant right. resources for food and honestly, even more resources to build shelters and stuff. But I guess if, you know, you have old forests, whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of a sudden your water becomes a real issue, you know, in that dry environment, you know, finding and right. getting drinking water is a real thing, you know, so everything comes at a trade off. That's right. That's right. Now, let's move on. And next next thing here I got is is food. Um, now, this one is is kind of a toss up for me. Um, food when it comes to food and and uh, survival and prepping and and stuff like that. Most of you guys I know that listen to the podcast already have you know have a, a big store of food. Um, right. That's great. That's definitely recommended. I definitely recommend doing that sort of stuff. Grocery store uh, has a heart. You have a hard time getting into a grocery store and finding anything that you're looking for. It's great that you already have a backup for it. But uh, like in this this sort of an, uh, emergency situation we're talking about right now, um, accessing food without a grocery store, without your stores, ex- you know, without your stores accessible, um, it can be really tricky. You know, uh, having a rifle and knowing how to hunt. Uh, having a knife and, and knowing how to uh, dress an animal, clean and dress an animal, uh, all all great. But um, that's the thing. Like anybody it, can get some usable usable meat out of a an animal, but to be able to properly do it and get all the usable meat is a different thing. And how to preserve it and store it, you know, to get more than one meal out of it, you know, to be able to smoke something or whatever. And then the same flip side. Um, knowledge can also be a factor. I mean, knowing, Hey, maybe train cars, you know, maybe there's stalled trains around here. Maybe there's a, uh, a grocery store, uh, warehouse, you know, supply center distribution center that I can check out, you know, trucks that are locked up on the side of the road filled with, uh, on their way to Sam's club filled with, uh, you know, all these supplies, knowing where you might look and find resources, is another big thing when it comes to food. So knowledge can definitely pay off how to keep critters out of your garden. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of thing, you know, that knowledge and experience of how do I plant? What's going to grow? You know, if I just throw the seeds down here, is something awesome going to pop up in three weeks or do I have to do something? This knowledge is going to pay off. Right. Right. Another thing when it comes to food that uh, I would say skill plays a big part in is, uh, Plan identification, you know, uh, mm. anybody that that's worth their salt as a survivalist can go out in the woods and, and spot, you know, five or six things as you go. And yeah, eating, you know, some leaves or some roots that you find, uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be a great source of energy. 
but it's better than no. it's better than nothing. You know, there's a there's a million things that you can find in the woods. You know, spring, summer, fall that uh, that you know can keep you moving, can keep a few calories in you, give you something in your stomach, and um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal when it comes to uh, finding yourself in a bad situation without you know, without access to, uh, to, you know, what your, your typical, typical, uh, hunting experience might, might, uh, you might be carrying a rifle and a, and a knife with you, but in this situation, maybe you're not. And, uh, yeah, that sort of thing is really, uh, a really val- valuable asset being able to identify your local plants. Um, right. Another thing that I think skill plays a big part in is trapping. Now you can, you know, you need some gear for a lot of the traps that a lot of us do. A lot of the, you know, things that we, we play around with, uh, wire, snare wire and things like that. Yep. But you can build one with nothing. You can build traps with things that you can find around on the ground. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, even and, stuff like snares, it's stuff you can resource, you know, out of most areas. But definitely traps can be made straight from things you find in the woods. So it's definitely, you know, a, a skill that you can do, but no, I definitely food. I mean, I, I know trapping, we're kind of moving into something, but food, it definitely knowledge. Definitely. I, I want to say even comes in heavy on that over gear, but because I mean, obviously having your long-term food storage makes life really easy. So I can't discount right. gear completely. But on the flip mm-hmm. side, I would have to say, but anyway, back to the trapping. Sorry. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's all I was wanted to would talk about that. You know, the other thing that I wanted to mention, though, is is say you are in a bad situation like that and you do have a rifle and, yeah. you know, if you're a fucking idiot, that's not going to help you out. If you don't know where to go, if you're stomping around the woods like a like a loud, you know, loud fool out there uh scaring everything off that rifle is not going to do you any good um if you're sitting in a stupid spot waiting for something to come wandering past uh that rifle is not going to do you any good um so even with the gear or your buddy you know that yeah it's a negative even even with the gear it's going to take a certain amount of skill and talent and experience to uh to use that effectively right right no, and also like being able to walk through the game trails, you know, or as you're walking through the woods to recognize, hey, here's, you know, animals are going through here. Look at the droppings, look at the way the branches are, you know, the way things are growing. There's clearly animal traffic or knowing, hey, animals are going to be by the water, or, you know, different things that, you know, paying attention out there is going to be a game changer when you're trying to survive off what's in your brain as opposed to, you know, the other, another thing I would kind of think about first aid. First aid is another big one. I mean, certain things gear is going to matter. Um, being able to clean a wound, being able to keep something clean on it to keep stuff out huge, having antibiotics. If things go bad, being able to wash your hands, you know, this kind of stuff matters but also the knowledge that, hey, washing my hands matters. Hey, really cleaning out a wound matters. You know, it doesn't matter in our modern world as much 
when, oh, if that gets infected, I can just go to the doctor. Right. There's antibiotics um, and yeah. Not such a big deal. You know, people are like, aid, oh, I didn't wash out my cuts lots of times and didn't have a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. but when you have a weakened immune system because of your poor diet, when you wash your hands once every five days, that changes, you know, how mm-hmm. susceptible you are to infection. Um, when you're going to the bathroom outside, you know, that using your hand for toilet paper, that changes your level of cleanliness, you know? Um, right. So just be aware that this stuff does kind of matter. You know, it ends up being a real significant issue. Yeah. And you know, like you were saying, when it comes to first aid, I think there's two very different, different levels of first aid. There's first aid where you see a car accident and you know, an ambulance is on, on, on its way and there's somebody bleeding to death, you know, there's, there's that level. But the, the level like you're talking about, I, having a, a semi-serious cut and not being able to find a doctor for the next few days, not being able to get access to antibiotics, there's a big difference in, in the care that you're going to have to uh, have to use for, for both those situations. Right. And I've known so, a lot of people that, that I've gone you know hiking, camping with that bring these huge first aid kits, but don't know the first thing about first aid. Um, right. You know, being able to do CPR, being able to stop, you know, stop, stop bleeding, being able to do, you know, a lot of those basic things are really important. Those are actually important skills to have. And, uh, you know, just being a dummy with a huge first aid kit, that's not going to help anybody. You're not going to be able to help right. anybody with that. One of the uh, one of the, the trauma classes that I'd been to, uh, the first thing they said was, don't have anything in your bag that you don't know how to use. They were like, right. it's just something you're going to have to sort through and push out of the way. It's something. That, and they were like, it's so common. You know, tons of people have stuff that they never touch in their first aid mm-hmm. kit. Now, you might never touch that tourniquet. And yet we still keep it there because, <laughs> when it, yeah. you know, but we also know how to use it. Um, right. And that's the thing. And usually with the tourniquet, my advice to you is when you think it's tight enough, go a little bit more because you, you yeah, need to be thinking yeah. it's too tight and that's what it's right. Just say it. Yeah. You know, when they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I think you got it too tight. That's it. You've, you've got the right spot. Don't back off. Um, I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying, you know, yeah. you need to cut through the leg where, you know, it's actually cutting into the skin and blood's coming up on the edges. I didn't say yeah. all that. I'm just saying well, when right, they're like, right oh, before oh, that you happens got it. is the appropriate. It's right there. Yeah. 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 So just yeah. the idea with the tourniquet again, training is good. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. The idea with that tourniquet is to, is to tighten it up so much that there's no circulation. The only time you're going to want to use a tourniquet is when you, uh, when you have decided that there's, there's, you're making a decision between saving that person's leg and saving that person's life or saving that person's arm or saving that person's life. You have to decide when you're putting on a tourniquet, you might end up killing that, that appendage. You know that what limb, I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, the, the definitely idea is too to stop when you're, the blood from coming out. Right. When you're choosing an item for a tourniquet, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you can use anything, your belt, whatever. Um, 
you do want to make sure that it's at least an inch wide, whatever you select, if right. at all possible. Um, that's going to mm-hmm. increase your odds of being able to save that appendage. But anyway, just something to keep in mind. Yep. Yep. When it comes to car accidents, I think Chuck said this before. When it comes to car accidents, a great tourniquet is a seatbelt. You know, being able to cut that out. It's a good width. It's got the strength that it, you know, that it needs to hold together well. That's a good piece. You might even be able uh, to use of, the uh, buckles. Pro tip yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. All right. That's about all, right. all I got for this uh, this topic. You got anything you want to want to nope, throw out nope. there? That sounds good. Everything's good in the world. Uh, now COVID's back. I think, you know, I was talking to people who listen to crazy talk radio and they're like, yeah, now the Pfizer one doesn't even do 40% against this other COVID and you know, all this other stuff. I don't know what's true, but man, that world's changing. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. yeah. I, I Again, I'm not saying that like that's fact. Don't go running. Uh, I'm saying like, man, everybody's just paranoid and running like chickens on everything we can do. Um, yeah. Everybody's freaking out about everything. Uh, we're all like locking down and masks again everywhere. And it's an ugly world. I don't know. How are you up in New York? Are you, uh, is everybody uh, shutting down businesses again or what are you doing? No, they're, they're really giving zero shits up, up here. I think it's, yeah, it's, they're just done with it. You know, there are a lot of people that are, that are still freaking out, but I think most people are just tired of it and they're fuck it. I'll get sick and die. At least I, I can go outside without a mask. I'm whatever. And not wear a mask. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't blame them. But uh, you know all the uh, all the employees at all the stores are still required to wear masks. Um, prisons, right. yeah, anytime you're in a that. prison or a nursing home, everybody's got to wear a mask. You know there are okay. a few places where it's still required every place. But um, you're hanging out in prison a lot, seeing your friends. So what happens? Or? And no, I haven't been doing anything. You know, you know me. I, I don't even have friends to begin with. I I stay at home and no. don't. You know, I just work on my house, my yard, and my my preps. I don't even go outdoors anymore. Yeah. Outdoors around people. Yeah, Let me clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, I'm with you. Now, if you guys uh, want to get a hold of us, you got any ideas for show topics, uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com. We got a couple of emails uh, last week, but I haven't seen any in there uh, uh, recently. So if you guys want to send us an email, we will reply to you. Right. If you've got an idea on a show topic, um, you know, we'll definitely uh, – looking to getting something together with that. You know, if you've got a, an idea or something you want to hear about, um, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, how, how would you do that? Chuck? I believe it's patreon.com slant prepping badass. And you can get a cool patch out of there. Um, also we got some cool t-shirts, some cool gear at, at uh, prepping badass.com. Um, you want to stay in touch with us in the week and just kind of, hang around with other like-minded people. You can uh, check us out on Facebook at uh, the prepping badass Facebook group. I believe Um, you check that Mm -hmm. out and otherwise uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. The survival and basic badass podcast is a proud member of the self-defense radio network.